What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Red Chill for a special presentation. Our spoiler-filled thoughts on Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. How that's going to work is I basically watched it. Shabs didn't. We're going to go spoiler-free. No, not spoiler-free. Spoiler-full. Through all my thoughts, I'm going to walk Shabs through it and see what he thinks of my thoughts because I have a lot of them. So check it out. Now, okay, what what do you know about Black Panther two? Nothing. So the villain is Not Namor. In the movie, they call him Namor and Namor. They have many different names for the guy. Yeah. All right. Now Namor, he's the, he's the MCU uh, Aquaman, right? Exactly. He was actually right. created before Aquaman. Okay. Aquaman is came out years later and kind of copied Namor. Now, the big thing about Namor is he is the king, the god of underwater people. All right. So in Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, there's a giant war happening between, between Wakanda and Talukan, I think is the name of the underwater world. MCU's Atlantis. Okay. Now, in the finale of the movie, what happens is, Wakanda and Talokan, or whatever the underwater world is, go to war with Shuri becoming the new Black Panther and leading about, I don't know, it felt like less than a hundred warriors into battle. There's uh, like, I think two or three people in like super powered suits and there's uh, uh, Ironheart, which is like the new... Iron Man girl, like girl that's taking over the mantle from Robert Downey Jr., I guess, uh, who totally didn't need to be in the movie. So they go to war with these water people. Now, when they go to war with water people, their plan involves <laughs> going on a boat, on a giant <laughs> boat, they go onto the water very far away from the land <laughs> without any protection as to what would happen if you go into the water or any protection as to <laughs> any attacks from the water. All they have is there's one single point under the boat that is sending out a supersonic signal or something like that that is uh, supposed to keep the water people away, but they get rid of that pretty quickly. And then it's just a bloodbath. And they basically almost tip over the boat and they kill basically all of the Wakandans and, and, except like maybe like, I would say maximum like 20, maybe 30. If you're being generous, 30. I feel like it looked more like 20 Wakandans are alive. And like these... Like water people were about to fucking kill the fuck out of these people. But Shuri, the new Black Panther, beats Namor and is about to kill him and ask him to yield. And then they fly back and they happen to just show up in time before all the Wakandans die. And Namor is like, you know what? You totally won that battle on the boat. But I lost that battle with Black Panther. <laughs> so let's fucking go. So my whole point is, why the fuck do you fight water people on a fucking boat? I mean, 
I'm saying if you're finding people that are living underwater, that get their power from the water, that have animals and like weapons that are all like benefiting from the fact that you're in the water, what the fuck do you fight them on a boat? Out of all fucking things that you can do, why wouldn't you like? Namor gave them a horn that, and he was like, "You blow this horn, you throw it in the water. I show up in my army, right? Or like he'll show up, but if you're ready for war, he'll show up with the army. What the fuck do you not blow into the horn and throw it and make him come to land like he did the last time? What the fuck do you go take a fucking shitty ass boat with one point of protection?" And you fight people in the motherfucking water out of all fucking things. I'm just saying that, like, and I guess it, it, it's a beautiful movie. It has some beautiful moments, but the end of the movie makes no motherfucking sense. There's a lot of things in this movie where, like, they did not need to be in this movie. And the biggest thing about it is this it, it, it's like, yeah, some guy is going to tell me, oh, you know what? Shuri was driven by her rage. She wasn't thinking about what the fuck she was doing. But they had M'Baku and they had Okoye and they had Nakia. They had all these motherfucking like, characters that are supposed to be pretty fucking smart, good at combat. They are all on that fucking shitty ass boat. It's a big boat. I give them that. It was a big boat. They didn't use any of it except the top of it. I don't even know what the inside looks like of this of this boat. It was very like, why the fuck is it? Like, I don't know. Can I tell you why? Tell me. It's it's because they wanted to do a fight scene in the water. <laughs> That's it. So they formulated a story around it. The big they wanted thing. to have their action scenes that was that was away from Wakanda. Because entire Infinity War and I think Endgame War was in Wakanda. So they were like, hey, let's go to a new location because those scenes of Aquaman fighting in the water were kind of cool. And we want to do something different. So let's let's make it so that they have to go into the water. So, I'm 100% sure that's what so it was. So I give you that it was like a different backdrop than Wakanda. Yeah. But the yeah. funniest thing is that they were not fighting in the water. They were fighting mm. on the boat. So how you have okay, to that's- picture it. It's a boat that is like, okay, this is the water. Okay, if you see the water right here, it is right. like this tall. Like, imagine like half of the Avengers Tower tall, and then there's just a flat space on top. So, where they were fighting was while the water people were trying to get up the boat and on top of the boat. At no point. And then all you saw was like in between, there was like one of the main fighters from the water people was underwater and threw a spear into the thing that was this supposed to deter the water people. Drink every time I say water people. And yeah, she just throws a spear and that shit is out of fucking commission where it's like, really? That's all you fucking had? Like, you you didn't think to put maybe two? Three of those things, like you could, you just put one. Like, I'm just saying, like, this, this reminds me a lot of now, it's even reminding me even more of the Aquaman movie because their last scene was on the boat as well. Aquaman fighting uh, Patrick Wilson was on the boat as well. And so, yeah, 
So even over there, the whole thing was that they, he takes Patrick Wilson out of the water and he loses right, his right, power right. because he's not in the water, right? So the mm. big thing with Namor is they took the one thing that's shit about Aquaman in the comics, where there's actually in the comics, Aquaman can only be out of the water for one hour and then he loses his power. Yeah, I, I, that's from what I recollect and from what I heard from other people as well. Where they took that and they gave that to Namor, where or Namor again, they really say his name so many different ways in the movie. This is another thing, but the whole thing that how they beat him is they basically microwave him, they dry oh him out. God. Yeah, they like basically dry him out, and then he loses his powers, and then Shuri just kicks his ass. You keep saying Chewy, Shuri. <laughs> Shuri. Where Shuri. Again, another thing is it should have been Nakia. So in the, the entire movie they show Shuri and all she does is she's coming up with technology like Tony Stark, okay. But she's very like she does not have any tactical thinking. She just kind of like does whatever she like comes up with in the moment and then Nakia the Chadwick Boseman's uh love interest comes in and she's shown as like the greatest tactician she speaks so many languages like perfectly she breaks out Leticia right like Shuri from the the water people without any problems she's like amazing in terms of being a spy, a warrior, and everything. Where it's like, why the fuck did Shuri become the Black Panther and not Nakia? Like the what? sister, you're talking Shuri? I, I forgot. Yeah, Shuri is the sister. Nakia is the love interest. And they wait all the way until the very end of the movie for Shuri to finally figure out how to become the Black Panther and take over the mantle. And then the coolest moment in the movie is that she takes the herb juice and she sees Michael B. Jordan instead of her mother or somebody else. Yeah. And it like basically shows that she's like driven by rage the way that Michael B. Jordan was driven by rage in the last movie. And it's a whole thing about revenge or, in, I don't know. It's, it all comes so last minute where I feel like, they should have done the Falcon Winter Soldier thing where it should be Nakia and Shuri both fighting for the mantle of Black Panther or something along the lines where it coming very last minute, it just lacked impact and the whole arc of it being driven by Rach and by her changing her mind and then realizing that it was driven by grief. I don't know. It was like... They did a lot of character development within like 20 minutes that should have taken more time in a three-hour movie. And yeah. yeah that's know. crazy that it's a three-hour movie, dude. And, and it has a lot of the Age of Ultron problems where there's a lot of subplots and scenes where you really feel like this has n no impact on what is going on right now. Where like, if you cut this out, the movie would be exactly the same, but 
they put it in here because they're setting up some Disney Plus show or some other Marvel project. And yeah, it's just making the whole movie kind of feel bloated. Well, like it didn't feel long. When, where you're, you're ruining a story just because you have to set up other shit. Basically, there's a total subplot of uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Julia <laughs> Louis Dreyfus. Oh, yeah, so, have you seen her in anything else before? In just Black Widow, at the end of Black Widow, where she gives um, so, Florence Pugh the Hawkman's yeah. uh, Hawkeye's um, yeah. thing, the photo. Yeah. So, basically, she showed up at the end of Black Widow, and she gives mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow's sister Hawkeye's location and face, and tr- she's basically recruiting her. And then right. she shows up in the Hawkeye TV show looking for Hawkeye on after that uh her name is Val and but a different not Val but Val. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask you yeah. that I didn't want to stop the rant. <laughs> but, but yeah, so she's basically <laughs> in, in the Hawkeye just like the 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 one that hired her. There there's a secret broker yeah. that we never find out the um identity of. Um later on we think it is the the girl that Captain America hooked up with, the 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 daughter of Sharon, huh? Who Peggy? <laughs> no, isn't that the, the one Captain America? The daughter of Peggy. Oh right, okay, right. So she's like the broker or something, but like it's not confirmed. But it turns out that Val is not the one that they're talking about. So she was in there, involved in there in this, uh, in that way. And then she was in Hawkeye. No, not Hawkeye. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Basically, there was a new Captain America who later becomes uh, uh American Patriot or something like that. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? American Patriot? I think that's his name by the end. I know there's Iron Patriot that was supposed to be Don Cheeto, but it's it's something like that. Now now I don't fully remember. It's something Walker. It's uh uh the from Guardians two and the thing what and uh Big Trouble in Little China um Escape from New York. Who am I thinking of? Andrew Kevin Walker? the fuck no like the the main lead in all the movies i just named oh yeah um what's the name oh my god now now you've heard russell dude <laughs> kurt russell so it's kurt uh, russell's son <laughs> like, no, no, so it's kurt russell's son who plays something walker and he becomes the new captain oh, okay. america uh he, after captain america retires they choose mm-hmm. him because he was like a great soldier leader whatever and he takes over the mantle uh, by the end, though, he takes, like, he gets some sort of serum and he turns kind of crazy and evil and they have to shut him down and the Falcon becomes the new Captain America. So he's like kind of the Falcon America. Like, like now he has the shield and the wings and a new outfit. And there's a new Captain America movie coming where the Falcon is going to be the lead in it uh, mm-hmm. with Anthony Mackie. 
Uh, it's called, I think, New World Order. I think is a new Captain America movie name. Um, so Val was in there, but at the very end, when they beat him and the the they sentenced the new American Patriot or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, she comes in and recruits him. So she's in this movie. Anyways, long story short. She finally fucking shows up. It's in a short story, bro. <laughs> she's finally on Black Panther. And uh, I don't know if you know Martin Freeman. Yeah, of course. So he was in Black Panther 1. And I think in... Oh, yeah. He was Captain the white America. guy in, in Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he's like the CIA agent that kind of oh, yeah, like yeah, works yeah. in the middle. He was also in uh, Civil War. And, mm. and so... We find out that uh, Elaine from Seinfeld is married to Martin Freeman. Not married, oh. ex-wife of Martin Freeman. Yeah. And Martin Freeman is in the movie just to like kind of... The whole time, basically, they're thinking Wakanda... No, what it is, is America is trying to steal uh, uh, vibranium from either the sea or from Wakanda... And they think Wakanda is attacking America, but actually it is the water people drink again. And it's, uh, yeah. And then you find out in the middle, it's like, there's this whole subplot. It totally doesn't need to be here. It's really just to show Martin Freeman do a weird American accent where you're just like, it's so weird to hear you're an American. Like, and there to keep the ratio. Yeah. They, <laughs> so there's straight up a line. Where at the very end, uh, Elaine puts him into handcuffs. And so, like, that's before the climax of the movie. And then they kind of leave it. And then just before the credits roll and they do the final big emotional scene of the movie, there's just a scene of Okoye breaking him out. And her line is like, it is so nice seeing a colonizer in chains. Oh, my God. Again, I'm glad so, I watched this. So <laughs> I'm glad you just told me everything. I'm so torn on this movie. So I tell you what, I really didn't dislike this movie. I think there was some, like now thinking back, there's some really big moments there. I'm like, what the fuck were they thinking? But it was beautiful, well acted. I told you Angela Bassett was insanely good. Where like they're talking about getting her getting an Oscar for this performance. And I actually think she fucking deserves it because it's so fucking good. It was insanely yeah. good. It's like literally like she, I have not seen someone be a queen in a movie like this in a long time or ever, yeah, dude. but at the same time, I think the, I'd really lacked the star power as big as Angela Bassett was. She wasn't like the, the main lead. She was one of, she was a really big part in the movie, but without Michael B. Jordan in a major role and without Chadwick Boseman, even though. The tributes were really nice. It it lacked a little bit of focus where the Namor guy was amazing, but it seemed like it wasn't clear that Shuri was the lead because there were so many other fucking things going on and everything else that was going on felt like setup or felt like things that didn't need to be there, like Ironheart. Like it, it totally did not need to be her. You take her out of the movie, nothing changes. Is literally just she's just there so that 
And they even do the whole thing where like they introduce her, they make her an Iron Man suit, and at the very end of the movie, they're just like, you know, you can't keep that suit, so you got to go back to your Disney Plus show and do a new origin story. So see you later. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I think it's like just because it was the last movie of the phase and everything that's gone down so far. I think they just try to shove a bunch of shit in there just to have set up for their next phase and their TV shows. But the I think, sad I think thing they're is, like, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me. No, I was just going to say the sad thing is the the, the things that they're setting up are not very interesting. Hmm, that's true. It's like like Civil War had that issue where. A lot of the stuff was like set up and but it still worked just because they were setting up cool shit that we would get later on. But I think I think this one they may have like gone too far, I think. Without having watched anything or heard anything, but just listening to what you're saying, I think that's what might be the issue with this. It felt like uh the age of Ultron, but everything they're mm. setting up or uh, wasting time on was not interesting. Mm. you know like it felt like this is they're setting up tv shows not what the fuck the like even okay they're setting up the thunderbolts but the way they set it up is like i don't give a fuck about what's going on where like oh okay elaine from seinfeld is part of the cia and she hired two people right so far and she's gonna hire more sneezing sneezing and what do you mean like how she cleaned her nose and the yeah She's Elaine, she, she's got to be comical. And I was like, dude, come on. Like, yeah, <laughs> she, she doesn't totally, have to be Elaine. No, she totally had her funny <laughs> moments in it. She was Elaine in it. They they don't have to be fully straight. Like, not at all. Well, like, yeah. Just have her be an actor. Like, she's a good actress. She can act as other things. <laughs> I am I totally think, like, I hope Ant-Man just sets up things mm. a lot better. Where, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's curious. Again, I, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful movie. It totally is worth being seen on the big screen once because there's great shots in it. I think just overall, like Ryan Coogler has made some sick movies. And me personally, I wasn't that hot on Black Panther 1. And I feel like this is not as good as Black Panther 1, which is, of course, is difficult. Like, they had a lot to do. They had to, shit to set up. They had to honor the legacy. They had to shoot it during COVID. And for all of that, they still did an amazing job. But I would put this, it's super controversial, but I really like the Eternals. And I really like this movie. But both of those movies, I did not feel like I need to see this again in, on the big screen. Where I'm like, I'm totally fine waiting to see it at home. Where 80% right, right. of everything else from Marvel, I will go and watch it again. So that's why I'm talking. Yeah, I this. agree. Like Eternals looked cool. There were some scenes that were beautiful that I was like, "Oh, I wouldn't have minded seeing this on the big screen." But for the most part, I was just bored throughout the movie, and I I didn't really care for the things that they were setting up, other than just a few things, like the Celestials. That stuff was like, I was like, "Whoa, okay, now you're taking it to the next level." But all the characters within the Eternals, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like." I, I was like, yeah, they had zero. Uh, I guess this is our mini review of Eternals, but it was like, 
they had zero chemistry the actors were fine but the script was just meandering here and there tension wasn't there conflicts were like given just for like cliched conflicts and then they were resolved within seconds which i didn't even understand why they were resolved and what was the point of any of it and it was it, i was just bored throughout most most of it but i tell you those shots of the celestials were amazing and i those were amazing i will agree with that I, that shit gave me goosebumps where i was like okay cool like now we're getting into something it was just all the other shit where i was like they're fighting the deviants which look cool for like the first second that they showed up and then i was like these are just regular cgi monsters like we've seen 20 years at uh, 10 years of marvel movies i think we should just find like interesting characters to build upon or a really interesting story for like that was my problem with guardians guardians 1 where it was the opposite where the villain was so weak but the characters themselves were so interesting and the way the movie was told was so interesting where i was like okay i'm interested in this to see where this goes where with the eternals i was like i have no I, I don't care about any of these characters other than the end scene that they're with with uh, Harry Styles. I was like, okay, they, they showed, I was like, why are you showing all the cool shit like at the end of it? See, why, why isn't this movie? <laughs> I liked everything outside of the deviants where like it totally felt yeah. like they didn't think it would work if the whole conflict was just them dealing with celestials because it was in idea is so big it was hard to present and they probably thought we need something for them to like fight and show their powers while they're trying yeah, to deal yeah. with a celestial to come out um it it totally felt like they they needed more time just to justify the celestial and uh, not the celestials the deviants but i totally thought that for 12 characters to be introduced where I didn't think the that conflicts were solved that quickly. I feel like conflicts really went all the way till the end where it was things where for example Kumail Nanjiani just at the end being like you know what I don't want to choose a side and I'm going to just step out where some people were like what the fuck how are you just going to have this character and he's just not going to be part of the finale where I personally thought that this is a really cool choice where you have so many guys why not show a dude who is just like i i i don't i don't want to go against my family but i also don't want to go against this culture that i've become to love you know and overall yeah i thought everything i i like the mythology and the history and them going into the what it means of the beginnings of the MCU like them just making that canon I'm totally down for that. I agree on that. Like I I was interested in the stuff that they were trying to tell. I just don't think they told it interestingly enough and there was nothing that was interesting other than the new information that they gave me about the universe. Other than that is like I, what I was going to say also was like them fighting the deviants reminded me of I don't know if you remember the Power Rangers movie where um the new one Okay. So yeah, the one that came out in 2017. No, I've only watched the original with the the Ooze guy. Yeah. Exactly. But but this one was like throughout the entire movie until the end all they did the only action scenes they had were were with like um in their training uh facility where they were fighting monsters that were not 
real, but they still had to fight them. And they were like computerized. It's like a, it's like the X-Men training facility. Okay. But they had like monsters that were part of the training facilities that could harm them. But it was like training. And and I was like, wait, I was like, why are they fighting all this? What's the point of this? And and I was just so confused with Eternals, where I was like, there's all these things happening. Now they have to, it feels like they have to retcon everything because Thanos was there and they're like, they're choosing to do this. And I, I honestly don't even remember half of the reasoning for why they did the things they did. I mean, the Thanos thing, they, they just said that their whole purpose is not to interfere with humanity. Like they did interfere. No, I mean, they're supposed to protect them, <laughs> but at the same time, there was a whole thing of, is it Festos or whoever the guy is who creates technology? And he's like, look, I can make gay this. Dude. Huh? The gay dude. I mean, you always take it there. Well, he was a gay dude. He had a husband. <laughs> yeah, but you could have also just talked about the, its name is Kevin Irie or something like that. Like I don't remember all that. The black guy, I guess I could say. <laughs> so you take it there. So he was talking about like creating this technology for them when they had, had just a plow for farming. And Angelina mm. Julie or the leader or whoever is like, no, no, no. We, we are not supposed to do that. Take it back. And he makes like something very simple. And he's like, yeah, it's primitive as fuck, but I guess I'll give him this. And like that, that's the whole idea that when Thanos happens, they were not supposed to fucking interfere because it was supposed to happen. Which again, I like that movie just in terms of the same way as Loki. It has such a big impact where at a certain point they need to bring it up where somebody needs to just be like, okay, the fact that you guys exist means all of this, right? Like, it means, yeah, it, I just really, I'm hoping that everything they're doing right now in a few years, they're going to do something where it's just like, holy shit, okay. They have multiverse, multi-timeline, the, the fucking history of our universe, that means that fucking history probably happened in every universe, celestials creating, like, fucking universes and planets it's so much fucking heavy shit i just hope i keep waiting for that moment where they do a project where they're just like oh let us now take all of this and just explain to you what that means and it seems like they'll have to eventually you can't keep doing this if not tell us what the fuck's going on especially if like the multiversal war is happening by the end of all this they need to do like, um, I don't know if you've read Crisis on Infinity Earths, right? That's the big DC uh, thing that obviously Justice League and BVS was a slight did, adaptation of. Did you watch it when the uh, CW-verse did it? The Filoni-verse uh, did it? Well, that was Flashpoint. That was Flashpoint. No, they also did Crisis on Infinite Earth. That's when Kevin Conroy, rest in peace, uh, got to be Batman. When? He was there. Like, there's a moment where they have uh, the the original Robin from the 60s Batman, and they have Kevin Conroy as, like, the old gritty Batman. And they're like the, all... Are you talking about the animated movie? No, no, no. This was Kevin Conroy in the flesh playing old gritty Batman. 
When? When? Where was this? How? How do I not know this? <laughs> this is what I'm talking oh. about. This is the Feloniverse on CW. On, not Feloniverse. On what? Like not on what? Feloni not Feloniverse. It's like the something. On the Flash. Yeah, it's Flash. It's uh, Arrow. Arrowverse. Arrow. All of those. And yeah. Supergirl. Damn, I didn't know this, dude. I want to watch that. Dude, you need to watch it. It's incredible. Because I, I stopped watching The Flash uh, at the end of season three, I think, when yeah, he kisses Iris. And and I'm like, okay, now they're going to do Flashpoint. And by then I was like, you know what? I'm out. I don't want to see all this done on a TV show. I'd rather watch it on the big screen when it's done like properly. Because yeah, they sort of ruined Ra's al Ghul and stuff like that for, uh, for Arrow. Where I'm like, they're just borrowing things and shoving it in all these things. I would rather have them keep it for... Like I don't want to just see see it on a CW show. I think I I still stuck around for the the Flashpoint, but I always tuned in for when they did the crossovers, and sometimes it was like, them. "What the fuck's happening? Who are all these fucking characters?" They had so many people, just because yeah. of specifically the Legends of Tomorrow or whatever that show was called. Mm. But and I watched one episode and I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out of this. <laughs> they had some really good episodes, to be honest. At the beginning, it was pretty fucking good. We're like, right. yeah, a lot of these CW shows, they start out so well. And then it's just like, you did too much, yeah. too Dude, fast. I was a huge fan of Arrow and Flash when it first came out. Like, I, yeah. I fucking watched like Arrow like properly where I was like, oh, shit. Like, I used to watch it in the office, not in <laughs> the office, but in the factory. And it was like, I loved it. And then when The Flash started, I was like, that's around the time I was listening to Kevin Smith a lot. And he used to like gush over these things and he directed an episode of The, the beginning Flash. of The Flash was so good. First two seasons, yeah, so agree. good. But even by the second season, I was like, you're already at this point. Like, what the fuck are you going to do after this? You're, going to so, you're doing so much. But it was really good. But, but my point with the, sorry to just go back too quickly, was the... Crisis on Infinity Earths was like them like sort of rebooting in a sense or like getting all the shared universes into one universe. So at the end of Crisis on Infinity Earths, they had a epilogue called the history of the DC universe where they sort of tell you exactly what the timeline is now and what all the story storylines have been streamlined into. I was like, that's what they need now for the MCU after all this stuff that has happened where they need either an episode or like a short movie where it's just sort of like explaining to you where we are at right now and all the stuff that exists in it. And then you can go on to telling more stories based off of that. Yeah, totally. I really hope they do it. Especially like with the sound of the names of the Avenger movies, I they kind of need to do it. And yeah, I, it, it'll be so dope. It's going into like such nerdy fucking levels where like i said it, it's so multi-layered and yeah i think it, multi-layered multi exactly and it is going to be really interesting after the thanos double avenger movie what are they going to do with the kang double avenger movie in general I'm i want so galactus. galactus yeah i mean to be honest kang is bigger than galactus because galactus really? is still working in universe like he works in one universe eating mm -hmm. planets right kang 
The problem is there's an infinite amount of this guy. Mm. And they don't like each other. <laughs> like, it, and none of them are, like, there's very few of them that are actually good guys. So, you yeah. know what's one thing I forgot? Uh, I, I, where when we were doing the Ant-Man trailer and we were talking about Kang, and then I was mentioning that some of the environments in Ant-Man trailer look like uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. And I can't believe I didn't make a King Kang joke. <laughs> it bothered me so much. Where I was like, the next time Rue talks about Kang, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, no I can't South, believe I didn't <laughs> No South Park reference. You're letting the fans down. I know. I have South Park references for the Andor episode. I have two. <laughs> of course. <laughs> But yeah. but yeah, but I'm telling you, like, it's going to be really interesting what they do with Kang, like compared to Thanos, it's the, the problem, like the difference is Thanos, again, you have to think about it, it's like one universe, right? right. They're all like, in comparison to an infinite number of possibilities, seems very small. But. Right. Anyways, I give Black Panther 2. An eight out of ten, leading to a seven point oh. five, but I give it an eight, just because overall mm. it's a it's a beautiful movie. I will definitely watch it again at home. I just overall usually watch Marvel movies always again in cinemas, but this one, like Eternals, as much as I like the Eternals, I'm totally okay with watching it at home. But I think anybody should watch it. Would at you least have once. been? Would Come you on. have been down to watch this movie a second time if it was shorter? Is it the no, length that's bothering no, you? No, I didn't feel the length at all. Where like I'm the type okay. of person who like feels length immediately and like the second right. there's some drag in the movie, the movie doesn't drag at all. There's no lulls or anything. It, it keeps you captivated. And like I said, what they're doing with Namor and the new culture and overall the beautiful shots, great performances, amazing music. It's all great. It's just it, it, I I don't think it's the usual superhero movie. Where, like I need to watch it again because of the certain action scene, because of the certain like revelation, because of this. Right. It's overall like a really beautiful movie with some touching moments and some reflection on what happened in real life versus also something socially that has ha have happened. It's it's a very like somber movie in that sense, where I don't think there's any action moment that st stands out, but all the action looked great. But I feel like much more uh, impresses were the really quiet moments when they show you the underwater world, when they, we spend time with the Wakandans. When yeah, but I think specifically for that, I feel like now that I've seen it once on the big screen and I've seen how beautiful those images look on a giant IMAX screen. Um, I'm okay to watch them again at home. And I don't need to watch again because I thought I missed something specifically. I remember I watched Endgame three times, which was also a three-hour movie. Yeah, but like so much happens in Endgame. We were like, you need to be fucking. Like you, you watch it again and you're like, oh, I missed that last time. Or like that's a moment I want to relive. Yeah. Where in this it's... Yeah. That was the thing where I was like, I want to rewatch that just to relive it I, I on would, the big screen. 
I would call this movie cathartic. It's mm. it's very much like I used that word before, but somber. Where even mm. the action, it's it's all about taking in the scenery, taking in the emotions, taking in the 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 story. Where again, I had a lot of issues with the end of it, but they do a lot of cool things with the water people with overall like even with the Wakandan tech and with the iron heart, they do a lot of cool shit. It's just like, there's nothing with like, Oh, the biggest problem is you don't know who the fucking lead is where you assume it's Shuri, but you only find out in the last 20 minutes that like, Oh, okay. I guess she was the lead this whole time, but it, it's Wakanda is the the lead of the movie so everybody has something to do and everybody gets kind of a similar amount of screen time and yeah you wearing like the suit throughout the movie or does she like gain uh get the suit at the end and she becomes very the... at the very end oh like, really very very end so there isn't even a answer throughout the movie no not at all oh so that would at least come in the middle of the movie that's what I was saying. It would have been better if there was like... Uh, it would almost conflict. be like a new origin story. Yeah. That's the thing. You don't know that you're watching the origin story until you see that it's the... Or like, she turns it to Black Panther and you're like, oh. Because, like I was saying, they, they have Nakia sh show up and she's like the fucking best warrior ever in all of Wakanda in terms of like being a spy and getting shit done. And then he's the bald headed, right? No, that's Okoye, the leader of that uh, fighting squad. Nakia is the the one right. that was uh, in love with Chadwick Boseman. Was she there in the first one? Yeah, of course. Okay, because I just yeah. remember three. Pita and Nyango, butthole eyes. Butthole eyes. I I honestly don't even remember in the in the in the first one. The first one, I just remember three female characters. One was the mother, one was the sister, and then the third was the warrior who goes with him into that casino or the and nightclub. the fourth is his Pardon love interest. I don't remember at all. I, uh, <laughs> I honestly don't. <laughs> so there's only one after credit scene. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. So there's only one of them. And... Uh, okay. So the movie ends really sad uh, with Shuri on the beach no, at the beginning or in the middle. She was supposed to burn her ceremonial clothing from the funeral of Chadwick Boseman to like let go of him and everything. And she didn't do it that time. So at the very end, she finally does it. Then the credits play over you just see her clothes kind of burning and you just hear the fire and eventually there's a new Rihanna song that plays, but it's all very sad. And then finally you get the after credit scene and Nakia sits down next to Shuri and uh, she has like... Coming Coming in? That's very sorry. sorry. <laughs> I said they didn't make out. <laughs> no, they don't make out. But he's like... She's like... Hey, uh, you should come meet somebody and someone shows up and I now forgot his Haitian name, but 
she's like, oh, that that's so-and-so's name. She's like, oh, okay. And then Nakia is like, why, why don't you tell her your real name? And then she, he's like, I'm T'Challa, Prince Whoa. of Wakanda. It turns out Whoa. that, yeah, the Chadwick and Nakia had, had a child. Keeping alive the theme of every single Marvel project, this, well, except Shang-Chi, but almost every fucking project, this phase had a child taking over some sort of powers. And yeah, they're like, Shiri's a Black Panther now, but we've got this little kid set up. Although it's a kid. Like, okay. Thank you. No, you look I tiny. I was an adult. I was like, wait, no, what? He, How long? He's tiny. <laughs> he had a very like right, okay. little kid kind of look on his face. Okay. So he's just like, I'm Jichala, Prince of Wakanda. Oh. It's a, uh... You know what it, what that reminds me of? Um, Superman Returns. Do you remember that moment? Which moment? Where at the end of it, when uh, Lois Lane uh, has a kid, and then at the end when they're trapped on that ship with Lex Luthor, the kid pushes the piano and it like goes flying off, and you're like, oh, she cheated on James, uh, she cheated on Cyclops with Superman, and that's actually Superman's kid. I no, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? <laughs> it was the dumbest scene in the world. I hate, I hate, hate, hate anything when they're like, because now there's like animated movies about Superboy and Batboy. And I was like, please stop. Just have them be Superman and Batman and just have it be Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. Just invent new superheroes or tell new stories with these same characters. Stop with this Batboy nonsense. If you want to have kids where it's like Damien who's Robin and that's different, but making them become Batman. I was like, cause Batman is Batman. Like there's one Batman. Superman is Superman. There's one Superman. Everything else should be something else. It shouldn't just be, Oh, now we're going to do Superboy. And I was like, I really don't give a shit about these kids fucking doing the same shit that I I've grown up watching Superman, Batman do. And I, I have that same feeling where, as you were telling me, I was like, we just got a new female lead. Why the fuck are they setting up another male uh, thing for that? It's At first, Avengers. I thought when you were like, I thought it was like uh, the, the Black Panther from like a different universe, from like a different multiverse. <laughs> no. No, they're setting That's up the Young Avengers. Like every fucking Marvel project had some little kid taking over with the new Hawkeye, the new Black Widow, the new Black Panther, the new Thor, the new this, the new that. Or Iron Man. Um, I knew Iron Daughters, Man. yeah, like Morgan, like new Ant Man. There's they're setting up the the new kids Avengers for sure. It has to be. It's too on the nose right now. Like if they don't do it, it's like why the fuck are you wasting our time? No, it's because it's because they want to keep the same shit going. But now they're just gonna do it for a younger audience, so they're gonna get kids who are younger, so that they can carry on movies for a longer period of that's what they were trying to do with x-men with the james mcavoy and having younger cyclops and a younger gene gray and we all saw how that worked out yeah <laughs> curious to see but so far their casting has been pretty good except like the little really little kids will see how they go but like when it comes to like the new hawkeye i have like Haley? are they gonna have like rapper names like uh <laughs> little baby <laughs> little wayne 
We're gonna have uh, uh, little yeah. Hawkeye. <laughs> no, 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 they're they, gonna all have little, little they Panther. Already, they already <laughs> have the name, like uh, like Love is uh, like Love and Thunder. Though it's I, you didn't watch. The I haven't movie. seen. I haven't finished the movie though. I, I'm still only halfway through. So Thor at the end has I a guess kid. You it for me, dude. What yeah, the hell? At the very end, his daughter is Love, and he's Thunder. But then, oh, uh, okay. And then Haley Steinfeld is the new Hawkeye, and she was amazing. She is like as good as uh, um, the new Spider Man. It. I'm telling you, she's that good. Where like she owned that character. I'm actually excited to see her again. And same with Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow. She totally owned that shit too. So so far they're yeah, doing like, pretty I, good. I, 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 yeah, they're doing pretty good so far. I hate. I just hate um, when people have like a put-on accent. That that's the. Uh, is this like a personal opinion for me? Where yeah. it just seems fake. Where I'm like, you could have just gotten, especially in today's day and age, where I get like we're getting a good actress. But I'm just like, just get someone from that nationality so that it just feels weird when they put on a very thick accent for another uh, country. You're going to hate. It just doesn't sound right. That's all. You're going to hate Wakanda forever then. Everybody oh, no. has, an a- has the wrong accent. I know. <laughs> Including Martin Freeman. I still think it, fucking tri- it tripped oh, me out God. so much. I've seen him in so many things to just see him just speak. I- it sounded almost like he's dubbed. I was like, that's not even your voice anymore. So weird. The only people somehow, the only people somehow who have been able to do good accents are British people. Yeah, why is that? I don't know because they're good actors. But to be honest, I think Martin Freeman's American accent. I would like to hear what an American thinks of that accent. Because if you think about it, like Tom Holland, uh, Tom Hardy, yeah. then the dude who played Kcast, uh, what's his name, Aaron Taylor Johnson, dude, everybody, uh, Henry Cavill, the greatest actor ever. I think uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch is probably the only person who fucking. Does a terrible American accent, but everybody yeah, else k- kills it. Dude, yeah. him as Doctor Strange, there's always there's a couple of lines where it's like penguins, penguins. Like there, there's that whole joke of it, like him not knowing how to say penguin, and like yeah, like crap. They, the crap. They, they, they joked uh, about yeah. that. This is a really old reference, but they made a full on joke about this in arrest in one of the episodes of Arrested Development. Where uh, Charlize Theron is trying to be British, even though she's South African, and then she's uh, she's like, I hate it when they when they cast Yanks to play British people, and it was like a because Erisarama is full of like self-referential jokes, yeah, and uh, that always stuck out to me. Every time I see someone putting on an accent, I just think of that and I just start laughing to myself about it. Yeah, like I said, what kind of forever? Everybody's got an accent. I think Val is the only one that talks normal. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We'll see. I, so, I, I'm going to check it out once it comes online so that I can, like, if I get too sad, I'll, I'll like, watch it in bits. No, honestly, I missed a little bit of the beginning. Like, I, I got mm-hmm. in just, at, like, before the Marvel logo showed up. And... Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought it would be would make me more emotional. But like when there's right. like three four moments where I'm like, yeah, that, that's really emotional, but not on the level where 
was like, I really thought this was going to be like a eulogy in some sense, but they were doing so many other things where I think if, if you get a chance, go watch it in your gold class or however you want to watch it. Just enjoy it once in the, in the big screen on, on the big screen. It's worth it for that. Where like the, the 4k, the Dolby, all that stuff, go for it. Like a VR setup. I, I don't think it's going to be doing as, as much justice as seeing it on a big screen. You have no idea, okay? You need to buy the MetaQuest from me and then tell me what you think. I have PSVR and I have played the Vive. So I know what well, it's like. Well, Quest is better because you can get higher quality videos on that than the PSVR. I'm just saying it's not going to... Unless, unless you're watching it through the actual Blu-ray on the PS. Uh, if you're just watching it like as a file, it's way better on the quest. It doesn't compare to having the, it doesn't compare to having the sound around you and a big screen in front of you and you're just being in it like that, where you having it on your face, it still takes you a little it removes you still a little bit from it versus being in a nice comfortable chair in a theater. So I would still suggest that it's worth the watch. Like I said, I only give it an eight because I feel like one time in the theater is enough with something like Thor. I watched twice Spider-Man. I watched three times and game. I watched multiple times, many times. But, right. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's... Thor is visuals and stuff that you can enjoy on the big screen, right? Exactly. For me, the biggest thing is I watched it in German first and it was terrible. So I had to watch it in English. Thor? Again. You watched Thor in German? Yes. Love and Thunder. Oh my I watched God. it in German. It was terrible. <laughs> oh but, my God. Where it was also a terrible theater, a terrible crowd where on the first day. I don't know. I got unlucky with that one. Mm. But yeah, there you go. That's our thoughts on Black Panther. From there you go. Having watched it and him not. And the threat chill comment like and subscribe and yeah see. let us know let us know what you think of our impromptu review we weren't actually planning on it but i'm glad we did it exactly it's only been 55 minutes so catch you next time <laughs> thank god we didn't plan otherwise it would have gone for four fucking hours <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a, a black panther plus eternals review i guess because we've never talked about eternals before like on the pod it's an overall discussion of our thoughts on where the MCU stands right now and what Black Panther yeah. means for it. And yeah, there you go. Enjoy, guys. Let us know if you've watched it. If you haven't watched it, what do you think? What do you not think? <laughs>